Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Framework Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ana Trujillo-Limon, joined by my other host, Jamie Hopkins. Jamie, welcome to Framework. Hey, Ana. <laughs> Thanks for welcoming me to the show here today. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for coming to the show. <laughs> and we are so excited to be here at FPA Annual Conference, joined by Rochelle Smith. Rochelle, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You guys are funny. That's why I'm <laughs> laughing a little early, because they started off funny. <laughs> yeah. As we go through the day, we get more and more delusional, yeah. too. So we get funnier as the day goes. We do. I you promise that. You I know. get it. We are I'm not right funny. With you. Did you ever? Did you ever watch Saturday Night Live and those two ladies that had the radio show and they were like super monotone and they had their headphones? Um, but anyways, I'm like sometimes at the beginning of the day that's what we remind me of. But at the end of the day, it's. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, we're excellent. It's more like yes. a weekend update. Yeah. So, Michelle, we always like to kick off talking about food because we love food. So, what are some of your favorite foods or your favorite food? Oh, wow. So um, right now I, I'm trying to transition to vegan by way of pescatarian. Okay. <laughs> um, so I actually love seafood. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm going to make that full transition. Yeah, but I do tough. love seafood. Um, I love a good homemade soul mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. That's definitely at the top of my list. And I love veggies. Believe it mm-hmm. or not, I like like cabbage and collard greens and I love veggies too. Yeah, yeah. Like my husband's a big fruit person. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. I think, like, <laughs> yeah. I'd rather have broccoli than have an apple. Like I don't know. It's just. I do better. like fruit though. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> I do like love fruit. fruit. I yes. force myself to eat it, but I don't. All right. Oh so favorite God. vegetable. Favorite veggie. I don't know. I love vegetables. Yeah. Um, I love mushrooms. Okay. Uh, and and ha- it's a new and favorite. And how do you do mushrooms? So then? it's a new favorite. Yeah. It's it's sautéed. It's yep. a new mm-hmm. favorite. Absolutely. Um, and oh, it's God. like the sliced baby bella. Yeah, they're delicious. Sautéed in olive oil. Mm-hmm. Throw in some broccoli, a little asparagus, and because I'm pescatarian, I may throw in some shrimp or pieces mm-hmm. of salmon. So, awesome. yeah. Hen of the woods mushrooms are probably my favorite mushroom, Haven't and had they're them. fantastic. Okay, they do have them up here too. So. A lot of the country doesn't have them, so they grow up here in the northwest and then up a, like northeast-ish, probably Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, you run into them. But like you go in the south. middle of the country in the yeah. south, they don't get – so you know maybe a Whole Foods or somebody that brings, but generally you don't see them there. But they're phenomenal. They kind of look like fans, like a oh, big fan. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't had those. And you can yeah. kind of slice them in the same way you cook the baby bells and just put them in a pan and you can actually get them kind of crispy on the edges too. Ooh, and they're phenomenal. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. That sounds yeah. good. does sound good. Uh, I just, I love food. I'm hungry right now. Said, I'm love, like, I was I dreaming about food, some right? mushrooms. <laughs> no, um, but we also like to ask about your first money memory. Yeah. So my first money memory. So my company is Ames Financial, A-M-E-S. And um, that's actually an acronym for my grandmothers, my mm. deceased grandmothers, Ada, Ada, Mary, Elizabeth, and Sarah. Um, and Elizabeth actually uh, could not read or write. So a money memory that I have is that she had all of these little purses where she kept her money. So big bills, small bills, and coins. And that was her way of counting because she knew which little Uh, um, purse they were in. So that's one money memory. And the other, my grandmother, Mary, um, she just, you know, was a really hard worker and we don't know how she always had money. Like every time she paid her bills on time, her credit card payments, she never paid the minimum. 
She always paid extra. So those are like good money memories that I have. And it's learned from my grandmothers. I love that. Yeah. So how did you get into the profession? Tell us about your journey. I started in banking. Mm -hmm. So um, I've always been in numbers. I went to college and um, my major was accounting. But when I got done, I decided I didn't want to be a CPA, didn't want to be an auditor or anything like that. So I started in banking and then I moved to uh, a brokerage firm and I basically started at the bottom. So giving quotes over the phone (laughs) back in the day, the old way. And then I just worked my way through the channel. So um, obtained my Series 7 license, um, 9, 10 CFP designation. Uh, I was on the CF um, on the financial planning team on the co- at the company that I work for, and then I decided to just venture out on my own. So that's where I am now. Yeah, and you're you're speaking here at the conference too. Yes. Uh, what are you talking about here at uh, FPA Annual? So I did my uh, breakout session. Oh, yeah. You said you're done after this. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So my breakout session had to do with um, the demographic that I cover. So um, a lot of my clients are first-generation wealth, so I work with a lot of minorities. But today we talked about divorcees. Mm -hmm. And um, that's part of the shift that I made when I came out of corporate America just working with divorcees. And unfortunately, I am in that club (laughs) of divorcees. So that's what I talked about today, just helping advisors get a better understanding of how to work with uh, divorcees, the type of compassion you need to have and some of the strategies that they can use to help their clients as they're going through divorce. What's a a good tip that you give people? Because obviously you've worked with the clientele, you've been through that emotional journey too. What's a good tip for advisors that maybe haven't worked with that many divorcees yet or at least been with somebody while they're going through the process? So the number one thing is you have to have that big word, and that's compassion. So, you know, you're going to deal with either tears or probably anger. So it's going to be one or the other, maybe a little bit in between. But um, you have to have compassion for a person's situation. If you don't have compassion... Not that you're going to lose a client, but that client's trust and ability to confide in you may diminish a little because they want someone, even if you can't relate to them because you've walked in their shoes, at least they understand that you have feelings about what they're going through. And so the first thing is you want to have compassion. And the second thing that's close to that is you're trying to get your client to come out with the best situation possible. So you want to encourage calmness Mm -hmm. and um, focus because you don't want them to make a big money mistake. And, you know, when you're angry or you're sad or there's not a lot of clarity, you tend to make mistakes, money mistakes, and that you don't want. So Rochelle, in serving divorcee clients, do you you forge a lot of relationships with like divorce attorneys and other professionals? And how do you go about forging those relationships? What tips do you have for other advisors to do that? So, yeah. um, And that just happened organically, Mm -hmm. just understanding like these are the clients that I have. And um, one of the things that I'm working on is obtaining the certified divorce financial analyst designation. Mm -hmm. That way I can, you know, really bring my expertise to the table. So although I know a lot because I am a financial planner, there are some really 
additional um, things like tax law, divorce law that I could bring to the table when I'm working with an attorney. Mm -hmm. But just getting out there, letting them know that I do work with this type of client, it gives them um, that confidence in Mm -hmm. my work that they can send their clients to me. So it's really word of mouth. Um, I haven't done a lot of marketing around it, but I think when I get this designation, I'll do more. Yeah, the CDFA is a, a good program. Yeah. The Have you noticed, and I know this is a very particular question, have you noticed, though, I, some of the CDFAs I know actually will try to or try to steer some of the people that are going into divorces away from the legal system and more to right, various other avenues to do that, right? So if you work with an arbitrator or somebody else um, and kind of come up with a more you know, amicable solution. So has that been something you've seen work well and how have you approached that? Absolutely. So yes, there is a a word out there, a little more well-known collective where Mm -hmm. people are coming in in groups. You have your CDFA, you have your therapist, you you have a mediator and, you know, we're trying to come together. And I say we, because I'm putting myself in that group. We're trying to come together to help people before they go into court Mm -hmm. or a judge or something like that. That way we can kind of work it out um, ahead of time. When you bring other people in, it really starts to get focused on the money. And that's important. Um, It's important. But we do want them really to come out with the best outcome. Just like there is a wealth gap, there is a divorce gap. Mm -hmm. And uh, fortunately, when that divorce happens and that divorce gap, women are usually on the lower end of that divorce gap. So we're just trying to find ways to work out situations so that um, both parties come out happy. So Michelle, to kind of... Okay. And Sorry. fair. Oh, okay. I was going to say happy and fair. Yeah. Happy and fair. And fair, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, no, or we could just be, what if, what if they're really happy, but it's really unfair? Well, you know, many times it is going to be happy and somebody is probably going to feel like mm-hmm. it's unfair, especially if you were the breadwinner, you think you brought everything to the table and now you got to divide this up with someone that you don't feel brought um, what you think they should have brought to the table, whether they did or not. Um, it's probably going to seem unfair to them anyway. Yeah. So, Michelle, to kind of shift over to more personal stuff, I know you, you talk, I have this quote, I have to write it down, but you said, I'm using my voice to empower you to use yours. Yes. And I just, I really love that. And you do a lot of speaking, a lot of media engagements, you write a lot of articles. So what's kind of, um, first of all, how have you kind of built that skill set? Because it doesn't come natural to everybody. So, And you know... It came Maybe natural, it came natural to, me. to me. Like, I'm not one of those. <laughs> it did because I was, uh, back in 2014, um, I was asked to come to a news station to talk about a case that was going on. And actually, it was domestic violence case. Mm-hmm. And it was why women don't leave situation. Mm-hmm. And it was the money side of it. So I came in to talk about the money side of it. And it was great. I yeah. liked it. Um, they liked me. And so I, you know, I kept going back. And then, you know, when people call on you and they put you in front of a microphone and a camera, you have to do your best to give it your best. And so I've learned how to do that. And I look at people. I mean, I, I know that I can always get better. I know that there are things that I can do. I can slow down or I can make better eye contact. And so I learn from what other people do, but I don't have a formal training. 
So, so what's your advice to people who aren't like naturally good at it to do it more and get better at it? Um, yeah. So do it more. Uh, obviously, <laughs> do one. it more and practice. Um, I don't just go out there and just do great every single time. Mm-hmm. I'm my biggest critic. So find out what subject you're really, really good at mm-hmm. and then talk about that. So when you try to go out into areas that you don't know much about, you're going to get caught up. And so go with the things that roll off your tongue naturally and it'll always seem natural and it'll come out right. But for the most part, you got to get out there and you got to you got to do it. Make connections. Uh, let people know that you are available for speaking engagements like when you all you know, reached out, this is what we want to talk about, you know, let people know that you are available for those types of things. Mm-hmm. And and I do not shy away from getting um, professional help because I think that's great. There's, I've gone to classes before to sharpen my skills as well. Awesome. Part of being a great fiduciary is helping your clients understand their full financial picture, and it should be no different for your life. Do you know what your business is worth? Get your firm valuation today with our free valuation calculator. Whether you're looking to share equity with your team, buy another firm, prepare for an exit, or just simply want to see the market value of your business, visit carsongroup.com valuation to get started. When you look at uh, kind of ha- that side of the world, the writing, the speaking, going on TV, podcasts, uh, how does how have you seen that benefit probably your practice too? Because you are honing communication skills. Yeah, validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one word that I can think of is validation. If they see you out there on someone's news channel or um, someone's great platform, and that person considers you an expert, then it validates you to some extent. And I know that's probably not a great thing that we need validation, but it does. It mm-hmm. says that you can go on a platform that these people trust you. Then if they trust her, then definitely I, sh- I, sh- you know, can trust her. Yeah. yeah. Trust is uh, like it's it's that right. It's validation. It's yeah. trust. It's it's also probably creating some level of like authority on a topic. Yes. Right. That, you know, like if the news is going to bring you on talk about something there's some level that you know what you're talking about (laughs) absolutely you are the expert um even in my marketing material i am very clear about saying that i am the go-to expert for you know whatever the subject is or i'm the go-to expert for a particular radio station or tv news station so putting yourself out there as the as the Mm go-to expert is important so you did mention the the divorce side uh, but you said that's part of what you focus on. So what are some of the other parts that you've built into your practice that you feel like, again, that you've really shined on and honed in your skill set on? So my, my clients fall under a few categories. So, of course, divorcees, divorcees, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> we go back and forth with that. Um, first generation wealth um, and C-suite executives. So those are kind of the three that... Um, I cover, but that first gen wealth covers a lot of people, right? Because we're probably all first gen wealth, right? LeBron James is first <laughs> first gen wealth. Um, so we're I look at the people who 
have not had money before, like in their families, mm-hmm. it wasn't passed on to them. There wasn't like this whole legacy or inheritance. They are the first ones in their generation that is making six figures and has to find a place for their extra money to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, we haven't had a good, great history of that. Well, Bronny, though, will not be first generation. Oh, Bronny, no, not at all. Bronny and Bronny's baby and (laughs) the great, great baby, great, great grandbabies. What did Beyonce say in her? She said something about my great grandbabies already. Yes, as Beyonce says. Yes, yes. Are you a basketball fan then, too? I love basketball. I love sports. Favorite team? So I am a Florida girl. Okay. Born and raised, although I lived another place, I am definitely a Florida girl. So I have to say the Orlando Magic, I know we're struggling right now. Um, The Orlando Magic is my home team. Um, So that's where I am on basketball. On football, I love the Miami Dolphins. If they're not playing the Tampa Bay Bucks, so it's, you know, between those two. Okay. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Wizards fan for basketball, which is also really tough because they've been oh yeah pretty bad for most of my life. You know, <laughs> just like a year or two with Gilbert Arenas and like the part of Jordan that we pretend that didn't happen, right? Because right? exactly like, you like, don't Jordan's put that the in best. there. Yeah, like what about the Wizards? Well, yeah. it wasn't a they don't thing. include that. It didn't they don't happen. That. Yeah, no. yeah, you know. <laughs> and when you love sports, like I, I'm, a, I love individual players as well. Uh-huh. So I'm a Steph Curry fan, just like everybody yeah. else. Oh, is, gosh. So. I want to. You set him up. Oh, sorry. I'm just kidding. Oh no, it's a 10 minute Steph Curry rant. I'm just kidding, Jamie. Go ahead. Oh, so, yeah. I went to school with Steph. So I went oh, to Davidson okay. right outside Charlotte. Okay. And uh, so I'm a big, the whole Curry family fan. Okay. Though. Your yeah. whole family so fan. Whole yeah. I, I family. like the Dell whole Curry thing, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm going to cheer for the Warriors sometimes as well. So, yeah. And I loved Shaq. So Shaq love was Shaq. my favorite player. I still player love Shaq. Time. Oh, he's hilarious. Yes. I still love Shaq. I think he's just a good all-around person. So he's a good basketball player. He's a good business person. But he has a great sense of humor. So, you know, I think he's all around. And Shaq teaches us a lot about financial planning. He does. does. Shaq is a big fan of passive income streams. (laughs) So my most watched video on Instagram and on TikTok is when I did a remix with Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. That's the most watched that I've had on my TikTok page and my Instagram page. It was his I did a remix with what he said about okay. wealth. Okay. Yep. I thought I was like, you you got to hang out with Shaq. Oh, I was no. like, that would clearly no, get no, a lot oh of videos. No, I don't know no, what no, you no. did. But no, like. no, no. That would be, you all would know about that. <laughs> <laughs> that you would know about kid. that. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So, so you are on TikTok. What I have am. you learned about TikTok so far in financial, if, you know, financial content? Because... It's a lot of bad financial content on there. Yeah. Um, I watch. I don't really put much stuff on, but like I'm kind of in this, you know, I think that the video is the right forum for the future. And I really believe that. And I think it is the shorter, more engaged, more like the way you can edit TikTok videos, just like you said, it's like blowing like special effects away in the 90s. Right. I mean what's being done on somebody's phone now is literally better than videos were in the nineties from studios. Now I'm not a great on TikTok yet. I'm going to be great. <laughs> I only have 30 See, followers, yes. <laughs> but I'm going to be great. And it's just short videos like, yeah. Hey, this is life insurance awareness month. Here's three things you should know. So mm-hmm. something like that. 
Um, but I haven't gotten all creative and yeah. the backgrounds and the noises and all that. I've just done the basics. So mm-hmm. I'm just getting started on TikTok, but okay. I'm going to be great on so TikTok. So what's your TikTok handle so people it's can follow you? Rochelle Smith. Okay. Yep. Just, it's okay. Just my name. It's Rochelle <laughs> Smith. Simple. Yep. And that's advice that came to us recently from Howard said, own your name, which was actually a great statement, which was own your name. Yes. Own, own all your Rochelle Smith dot com dot org dot whatever (laughs) on Instagram, on Facebook. uh, You know, if you can own it now, if you have a common name. You're going to have to put a <laughs> space or something in there. But yeah, yeah you own know, your name. I wasn't going to change my name, but now I have now I have a unique name. But before yeah. there's a, a woman named Ana Trujillo who murdered her husband with a stiletto Ooh. shoe. And so she's still the first person that comes up <laughs> when you search Ana Trujillo. And I was like, this won't do. No, <laughs> so I have nah, to add another name That won't there. do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just add your other name. Because if that's the first thing that pops like, up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I can't own AnnaTrujillo.com. Everybody's going to think it's her. She was on Snap. It was a whole thing. <laughs> well, there's a. Um, so my my name's R.E. But I think it's Rochelle or something. And it's a race car. Something about a French race car or something okay. that's a Rochelle. And that always pops up so- first. <laughs> And then the other one is um, Facebook. There's a Rochelle Smith. And I always say I'm the black one because there's a black one and it's a white one. And I always say I'm the black one so I can keep my name for that. Yeah. Yeah, There is another Jamie Hopkins writer, Jamie Smith Hopkins. And she writes stuff that comes into financial, like the financial world sometimes. But uh, yeah, she actually like wrote for the Baltimore Sun or something too, or Washington. Oh yeah, and... you want to get mixed up with her, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's where I was from too, so like it is a little confusing okay. that you. Um, but I think I've probably, I think I've probably passed her on most of the pages now. So, okay. I, yeah, I don't know that for sure. And then I think the one point there was a professional um, kite surfer named Jamie Hopkins too. So those are we the have only a common name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, there's. There are there are a number of Jamie Hopkins. I actually met a person on Facebook that added me only because she had the same name as me, and she went to St. Thomas. I never met her in real life, okay. but I, I yeah, we she went to St. Thomas or something in Minnesota. I, I don't believe I'm still Facebook friends with. I don't go on Facebook much anymore, but yeah, I go on Facebook. We're on Facebook. Yeah, we're, we're, we're on Facebook. Facebook. Friends. Yeah, I yeah. love the Facebook because yeah. I don't have a lot I think of there's people. There's a space yeah. for still for Facebook. I do. I have a special place. I like when it first came out, like I was still in college and yeah. it was it, my I did, was adamant. Like, I'm not going to get a Facebook. And then my roommate signed me up and I was like, this isn't so bad. No. <laughs> so I love Facebook. I just love it. I'm my authentic self on Facebook. Yep. No, nowhere else. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so uh, a question we've been asking some people here, too, is so what's like a resource or a book or something that you've read or interacted with maybe in the last year or so um, that's been impactful for you? Yeah, so there's a book out there called A Woman's Worth, uh, Seven Key Essentials to Financial Independence. And I think it's great because it talks about um, the seven, the foundation mm. of what people can do to become financially independent. So obviously learning how to negotiate, how to say no, um, your credit score. It has like seven key things. And the author is Rochelle Smith. You can find it on Amazon.com. <laughs> that's Sally. That's the one that I'm using the most. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love it so much. So uh, how? Did, when did you decide you were going to write that? So 2017. So it's been okay. a while. Yeah. And it was forced because I am a speaker mm-hmm. and I like video and I like radio. But writing is a struggle for me. So I forced myself to do it. 
And I'm just so proud of it. And it's been around for a while. And every time I go to an event, I'm, I'm, I'm still taking it and people are still buying it. So I'll just keep it going until people stop. Did you bring it here? I did not. Not oh, today. Not oh, in okay. here. But okay. So, Michelle, I have a, a couple questions that are kind of related, but not really. And I know you're Alpha Kappa Alpha. I so, am. yes. yes. <laughs> First in the nation. Yes. Um but I, I wanted to know, because I'm a Latin Theta Alpha, which is the first okay. Latina sorority in the okay. nation. And so I think like there's an opportunity for like people who are connected with those types of Latino and historically black organizations to kind of reach a new new generation of advisors. And I know a lot of people like uh, Soraya Mora, she goes out and does stuff with mm-hmm. her chapter. And so are you very active in, you know, talking to your chapter and about financial literacy and financial matters and how how can people do that if they are in these organizations how do they go out and give back while while also bringing people into the profession both as clients and as future professionals great question so um there are so usually every year your sorority or fraternity has what they're going to dedicate their year to and part of it one of the three things or four things or however many you have is going to be economics. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things that happened to me for my sorority, I think it was in 2020, um, they did a, they wanted to do like a, um, a, a resource center mm-hmm. where you can get books on different subjects. And so I submitted my book for financial literacy. Awesome. And so it, it was in there. Um, and then when they have their chapter meetings, if they're going to talk about money, they bring different people in to speak. So I've been able to speak to different chapters that way. Um, so those are a couple of things that you can do. And of course, when we have our own events, mm-hmm. those are people that you want to come in and support your event. So just getting the information out there to your uh, sororities and fraternities is great as well. Now, I, you know, I've not had a lot of people ask me how to become a certified uh, <laughs> financial planner. Um, that is just one of those things I've tended to go to schools and talk about it because I think that when, when, Kids are like in 11th and 12th grade. They want to know what's out there. And for whatever reason, guidance counselors are not talking about financial planning. So it's really our job to get out there and to really highlight the industry a little more. Awesome. Yeah. So as we come to the end of our time here, we always like to ask, you, know, what does finding your freedom look like to you? Finding your freedom, financial or just in general? In either one. Both of you want. Yeah. So I freedom and flexibility is kind of what I look at. Even when I'm talking to my clients, I'm trying to find another word for retirement. I think Serena Williams gave it to me. It's evolving. Um, so what's that next chapter look like? And is it something that's going to make you happy? Right. So this what we're doing makes me smile. Like we could probably sit here for six more hours and I'd this be good. True. Might need some water or whatever. <laughs> But I'd be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm good and I'm getting paid for it, it doesn't seem like a job. That's freedom for me. Yeah. And the flexibility is just having the assets and the resources available to live the lifestyle that you want. Right. So some people don't need to be filthy rich to to have a the life they want. Some people need more money, but it's are you able to do it? Do you have the resources to do it? So to me, that's the flexibility. I think retirement for me or going to that next chapter is I want people to work if they want, take a two month sabbatical, go back to work, have a mini retirement, go back to work or consulting or whatever it is that you want to do. To me, that is flexibility and that's freedom. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rochelle, for joining us today and taking some time. And thank you, Jamie. Yeah. Appreciate Jamie. it. Thank you. <laughs> I did something. I yes, don't know. We had a great conversation, <laughs> all of us. We were all wonderful. And thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Framework Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 